Hi, this is Joel Scrivener, pastor of Oaks Church in McKinney, Texas. And I wanted to say thank you so much for listening, sharing, and supporting our podcast. I know that today's message is going to inspire you, challenge you, and empower you to fearlessly follow Jesus like never before. Now, let's check out today's message. Um, I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit so strongly today. and I'm excited to share uh, this message with you as we continue this series called Kingmaker. We've talked about a lot of things along this uh, journey that we've been on. God is the King of Kings. Jesus was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He's the King over Kings, and he's created his people as a royal priesthood, a holy nation. We are a, a, a nation of kings and priests. You have both a kingly side and you have a priestly side. It's not okay to be one or the other. We have to maximize both if we're going to truly be like Jesus because Jesus is king and priest and he is our model. So we don't follow just one aspect of him. Uh, our goal is not to be like him in one way. Our goal is to be like him in many ways. Uh, but the message I have for you today um, is a challenging message. Uh, it's, it's not an easy message. It's a message that um, most people maybe wouldn't wanna hear. We, we like to hear feel-good messages. The Bible says in the last days that people will have itching ears and they'll seek out preachers that will say what they want to hear. We see that a lot. Uh, people wanna hear what they wanna hear. We like when someone says things we agree with. We don't necessarily like to be challenged. But God doesn't make kings just for easy times. He, he doesn't just design and create kings just for the ups. In fact, you don't become and step into the anointing that God has for your life fully, except that you've been through the fire. Today's message is about going through the fire and those seasons in our lives. Now, I don't know about you, but I like fire. Fire and I have an interesting relationship we go way back. Remember the first time I learned how to light a match all by myself? Just sit there and watch it burn. And I was about maybe six in my bedroom. <laughs> just watching it burn. And I know you're not supposed to play with fire, but I wasn't playing. Ooh, don't go out. Don't go out. I like you too much. Oh, there you go. And, 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 and I let it get too close to my fingers. And, and, then I, and then I dropped it. And the problem was that it was the 70s. The carpet was really shaggy, <laughs> deep, and uh, I had a big, I got it out. I was very, very committed to uh, getting it out, but I learned a little lesson that day because there was a big black hole in the middle of my room, and, uh, but that didn't stop me. I, I graduated because I, I was an 80s kid, so, you know, in the 80s, you, you know, you go to concerts and everybody had a lighter. It's like, you don't smoke, but you got a lighter. I mean, you never know when you need got a fire at some point. You never know what you're gonna need fire for, so you gotta have a lighter. And it just became this, this thing of this relationship with fire. And, uh, and then we moved to the country. And in the country, they only pick up so much trash. And, and, and so you start burning your trash. Your boxes that come from Amazon, I don't, it's magical, boxes show up like every day from Amazon, and so you, you, you start, you get a barrel. I got a big 50-gallon barrel, and, and you start learning how to, how to light 
big fires, right? And, and, and my wife, I remember the very first time we were out there and, and doing burn, we call it burn night, right? Burn night in the country is fun because you've got now a week or two's worth of Amazon boxes and, 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 and you, can make a, you can make a big fire in a barrel. And, and sometimes you need a little help getting it started. So you use a fire starter or something like that. And, and I, did, I, know, I learned now you can actually use a Dorito. Did you know a Dorito will burn for three minutes? Pretty interesting. <laughs> Valuable. If you need to start a fire, you can survivalist. You know, keep some Cheetos and Doritos. That's how much fat and crud is in them. They'll burn for three minutes. Um, but this one time I was having a hard time. And so I sprinkled a little, just a little bit, just, just a little bit of gasoline. It's like a little bit. Tiny, tiny bit. And... and and it was like New Year's Day or something, New Year's Eve, and we had the whole family out there and chairs around, you know, we're burning stuff. I mean, my mom chopped, I chopped my own wood, man. We're burning, we make fires in the country. I, I make, this time of year, I make a fire like every day. I, I like fire. But the gasoline, see, is uh, even just a sprinkle. Just a sprinkle is a bad idea. I said, hey, Blake, watch this. I did this, and it finally started, and it exploded, like 12-foot-in-the-air fireball. I literally, thank God I had a beanie on, or my I would be bald. It burned my beard all the way back to like a one, right? And if you know what trim, I'm talking curled up my eyelashes, burned back, my nose hairs burned. It literally threw me backwards in the air. I somehow flip over, land on my face, crawling. I don't know if I'm blind. I don't know what's gonna happen. And I'm crawling toward the house. And Blakely's just standing there. She's the only one that saw it. Everyone else was messing around with something. And, and this giant fireball and this big explosion. And, and I'm crawling toward the house. She was like, what happened? What happened? I'm like, give me a minute. <laughs> Leave me alone. And uh, I learned my lesson. So I, I don't use gasoline anymore. I, and and I, the, what, what really helped was when one of the young men in our church, I think he was about 11 at the time, Preston said, he used diesel. Everyone knows that. <laughs> Thank you, Preston. I know that now. But see, there, we all have a relationship with fire on some level. We, we need fire in our life. We, we need heat. We need to be able to cook. Uh, there's a big difference with cooking uh, with electric or cooking with gas. It's, it's a difference. There's something about fire. Uh, we as humans, we have an innate draw towards fire. But we also have sometimes a fear of fire. If you've had a bad experience like I did, that was a bad, that was a bad experience that I had with fire. It, it uh, scarred me just a, just a little bit. It stopped me, but it scarred me. But the Bible is very clear that there are seasons of our life that are fiery seasons. And frankly, there's, there's nothing we can do about it. We're gonna have seasons of our life and there's story after story after story about fire in the Bible. And the Bible says very specifically, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29 says that our God is a consuming fire. 
I think maybe that's why we as humans are drawn to the mystery of fire. There's nothing like for me. I love a campfire. We have an outdoor fireplace. I'm there at this time of year. I'm out there almost every single day. I wake up first thing in the morning. I want to make a fire. I just love sitting there and looking at the fire. And it seems like it's alive, right? It moves and it changes. And, and we have a lot of fun in that way, in that regard. But our God is a consuming fire. He is the fire. He's not afraid of fire. He's not afraid to be with us in the fire. God revealed himself to Moses through a burning bush. He, he met the three Israelite boys that were in the fiery furnace from King Nebuchadnezzar and he stood with them in the fire. When he rescued Israel out of slavery, he went before them in the day as a pillar of smoke and a fire at night. I don't know if I've ever thought of it that way, but there's a big difference between um, a cloud and, and a cloud and an actual smoke cloud. If you've ever seen the smoke that comes off of a real big fire, it's black. I can't imagine what it must have been like for the people in the land of Canaan to watch two million people walking across their country with a giant black cloud of smoke ahead of them as they traveled, and at nighttime, a huge pillar of actual burning fire in the sky. I can't imagine, no wonder people were terrified of the nation of Israel, because their God was a God of fire. See, God makes kings, and he's designed each and every one of us to be kings and priests. He's given us an anointing in our lives to be kings and priests, but all kings are forged by fire. All kings are forged by fire. I want to sh show you an image on the screen of what a blacksmith uh, would use, tools that a blacksmith would use. We've all seen these types of images before, right? Where the blacksmith, and, and the Bible talks about God in many times as a refiner. That, that he, there, it talks about how he purifies us with the refiner's fire. Like he melts us down as a precious metal and scoops out the impurifications and then forms us and molds us into something that's usable and beneficial for his kingdom. That's an image and a picture in the scripture of how God operates. But what you need to recognize is that in this picture, do we have that picture? Let me know when it gets there. Should have that picture. Are we there? Okay, all right. Let's play some soft music while we wait. <laughs> I have it right here. I'll just walk around with my picture till we find a picture. But in the picture, what you see is, is, is a glowing piece of metal that's put into the fire until it's so hot that it's formable. And then it's brought out of the fire and it's put on top of an anvil a, a big piece of iron. And then the refiner, the blacksmith, the forger, he takes the hammer and he beats the heck out of that piece of metal. And that's God. I'm just playing. He's not that mean. But that's what life does. And God allows us to go through things in life that are not pleasant. They're not pleasant at all. And we say, if you're a loving God, how could you? Why would you? And it's the sovereignty of God that we'll never understand. That only God knows what you need to walk through 
to be forged into the perfect weapon that can be wielded in his hand. Only God knows. I don't know every person's struggle in this room. I don't know every person's past story in this room. But what I do know is that every single follower of Jesus Christ, every single child of the living God will go through seasons of fire. It could be a death, it could be a divorce, it could be a sickness, it could be betrayal. There are times of fire that God uses He uses to perfect us. As we go back to the story of David, we left off last week where David had just defeated the giant. Uh, He walked in his anointing, his kingly anointing. He had not been crowned yet. No one understood why he was so bold and courageous uh, to go into war and battle where all of the actual army was afraid to go, but a 17-year-old shepherd boy had the courage and the tenacity to run towards a giant. And he finishes that, and now you have to imagine, this is, this is David's signing day, right? This, he, this is, he just defeated the giant. He's going to be on a kosher Wheaties box soon. He's got a sneaker deal in the making right now. He's being signed by King Saul to be a part of the army. He's getting a promotion now. This is a big day for David. He's high as a kite. He now has been vindicated in the eyes of the entire nation. Someone who was despised and rejected by his own family now accepted and embraced by the palace. 1 Samuel 18, verse one, it says, after David had finished talking with Saul, Jonathan became one in spirit with David, and he loved him as himself. From that day, Saul kept David with him and did not let him return home. And David said, thank God. Jonathan made a covenant with David because he loved him as himself. Jonathan took off the robe he was wearing and gave it to David along with his tunic and even his sword and his bow and his belt. See, this is a symbol of a covenant relationship where you have two kingdoms uniting together. Jonathan, the son of King Saul, said, you are now my brother, you are now my family. It was symbolic uh, of, of, of that day and age to take off the robe, the garment. The garment represented a position that someone held. It represented a form of provision and protection. And for Jonathan to take that robe off and put it on David, it's saying, you're my family now. I've got your back. For him to take off his sword and strap it on to David is to say, I will never use my weapons to harm you. I will protect you. I'll have your back. You are my family. This is an incredible relationship that's forged between Jonathan and David that is a beautiful picture of what God can do when two people are aligned and they don't have selfish uh, agendas, but they're focused on what God actually wants. Now, interesting that Jonathan formed a covenant with David, but his father did not. See, this day is going really well. It says whatever mission Saul sent him on, they were so successful that Saul gave him a high rank in the army. This pleased all the troops and Saul's officers as well. And when the men were returning home, this is right after the war, when the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out from all the towns around Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing and joyful songs with timbrels and lyres. And as they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain 
displeased him greatly. They created David, credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that day on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Now watch this. This is the day they are coming home from the battle, from the war, from killing the Philistine army. This is the day they came home. The songs are being sung. They're being celebrated. On the same day that David rescues the entire nation, on the same day that David defeats the giant, on the same day that he takes the giant's, his, his sword and his spear and all of his armor as his prize, on the same day that he won future riches and tax-free living and a future bride that would be the daughter of the king, on the same day... They sang songs about him, and the demonic spirit that was on King Saul was fueled with a rage, jealousy against David. As I just read to you, it says, what more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. That was the day they came home. Watch these next three words. The next Day, an evil spirit from God came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house. Saul is in the middle of worship. He's in the middle of worship in his own house. David's there playing the harp for him. Saul is prophesying. He's declaring the word of the Lord, and yet this evil spirit in the midst of his, can I tell you the nastiest demons are religious demons? The nastiest, it's religious demons that sought Jesus' death. That's why church can be a heavenly place or a hellish place. Depends what spirit's there. Depends what spirit's on the people that are there. I would love to tell you that Christians can't be mobilized by demonic agenda, but we've seen it all too often in our history. Seen it all too often in world history, in our own nation. People that believe in God, profess God, but are mobilized by demonic forces. I could give you lists of those. The next day, an evil spirit came forcefully on Saul. He was prophesying in his house while David was playing the lyre, and as he usually did. And Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. The next day. We have a phrase in our English language, a colloquialism, out of the frying pan, into the fire. David was so ecstatic. A new BFFFF. I don't know how many F's you can get, but when it's a covenant, it's gotta be a lot of F's. <laughs> His new BFF. Living in the house. He's in the palace now. Oh, those girls, why'd they have to sing that song? Echoing in Saul's ears. Jealous rage comes over him. The next day, while he's ministering to Saul, while Saul is worshiping, 
gets an idea. How about I pin David to the wall with my spear? David eludes him twice. See, what's interesting to me is that this story continues. The very next verse says, so he sent David away from him and gave him command over a thousand men. David got a promotion. And David led the troops in their campaigns and everything that he did, he had great success because the Lord was with him. When Saul saw how successful he was, he was afraid of him, but all Israel and Judah loved David because he had led them in their campaigns. David stayed with Saul. I don't know about you, but I've had a few hostile work environments. I've been in some environments where it felt like people were chucking spears at me. I've been in environments where it wasn't friendly or didn't feel good. I've been underneath some authority figures that were abusive times. Why would David stay? This guy wants to kill him. The very next day after he just won the war, he just won the war for him. He did what no one else was willing to do. And the very next day, back in the fire. Why wouldn't David leave? Why wouldn't he leave? The reason he wouldn't leave is because he had an inheritance he couldn't let go of. He had a future promise that he had to hold on for. It, it was, this wasn't just a job at 7-Eleven. This wasn't just a job down at FedEx. This is the future lineage of David's family, not just, but the entire nation of Israel is on the line. And so David, a man after God's own heart, recognized that he couldn't flee the fire. Ladies and gentlemen, don't flee the fire. Fire can be scary. Fire can be dangerous. But we don't flee the fire. There are seasons that God will lead you to in your life. Remember Jesus, when he was baptized by John, the Holy Spirit descended upon him and remained. Now he's full of the Holy Spirit. He's full of the fullness of the Holy. All of the Godhead lived and dwelt in Jesus in bodily form. And the very first thing that happens is David is led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil for 40 days. He's led by the Holy Spirit directly into the fire. Look, you've dealt with temptation. You've dealt with some lower level demonic forces, you've never had Lucy at your front door. You've never had Satan. I call him Lucy, he's not very masculine. Uh, you've never had Satan at your door. You've never dealt with him, the chief demon. Jesus went toe to toe with Lucifer for 40 days to defeat temptation for you, so that you could defeat temptation as well. You gotta stay in the fire. 
can't, you can't flee the fire. See, there was a promotion in David's future. There was an inheritance in David's future. There was a kingdom in David's future. There, there have been times in my life where I wanted to leave a situation really badly. There were times in my life where I wanted to get away from a toxic relationship very badly. And I would pray and ask the Lord, similar with Paul, how Paul said, I asked three times for this tormentor to be taken from me, this thorn in the flesh to be taken from me. And God said, no, 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 my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is perfected in your weakness. David had a bride he was waiting on. He had, he, he had a kingdom he was waiting on. He had wealth, provision he was waiting on. Saul gets a good idea. He says, you know what? Here, I'll, I'll find another opportunity. He found out that his, his younger daughter, Michael, was in love with David. So Saul literally said, I'll give her to him, 1 Samuel 18, 21, I believe, so that she may be a snare to him and so that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. He literally gave his daughter to David, hoping that she would be a snare to him and that somehow the Philistines would be able to come back around and kill David. So even in Saul's giving, there was an evil string attached. David lived in a very twisted environment that he had to learn how to navigate that God wouldn't let him out of because there's a purpose for the fire. Kings are forged in the fire. Diamonds are made under pressure. Pearls are made through irritation. I've had people in my life that were so irritating to me. I prayed, God, take them out of my life. I said, my grace is sufficient for you. I want to develop something in you. See, the Bible says iron sharpens iron as one man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Some of the best relationships for you to have will be the fiery ones, the ones where you're challenged, the ones where there's someone that loves you so much they'll tell you the ugly truth. Oh, we don't like the truth. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Remember that song from the 80s? Tell me lies, tell me, tell me lies. Says so Stevie Nicks, thinks she's a witch. Probably shouldn't sing that song in church. All right, moving on. <laughs> Father, forgive me. <laughs> Singing witch songs. Oh. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. 1 Peter 1, 6 says, and all this you greatly rejoice, though for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, all types of fires. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater work than gold will, which perishes even though it's refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. We can't flee the fire. We have got to learn to embrace those seasons of fire because they're perfecting our faith. Listen, you don't need much faith when everything's going good. You don't need a lot of faith when, when, when everything's trending up. 
But all of a sudden, when you're in the middle of 2020, 2021, and the whole world, guys, the whole world is out of control. The whole world is spinning out of control in so many ways. Horrific things. Horrific things all over. Some the news will tell you about if it fits their agenda. Others it won't tell you about because it doesn't fit their story. Horrific things happening. Body of Christ is suffering incredibly. It's an antichrist spirit, an antichrist agenda. There are dark forces at work. There always have been. There always will be. The epic battle, good versus evil, God versus Satan. And we win. We win. So we keep pushing forward. And we understand that he's forging us through the fire. He's forging us through the fire. Matthew 16, 24. Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. Jesus, this is Jesus. This is the same guy that said, in this life you will suffer tribulation. Great news, Jesus. That's what we all want, mm, tribulation. <laughs> what do you want for Christmas? Tribulation. <laughs> you will suffer, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. See, see, this Jesus that we serve, he's with us in the fire. He won't leave us in the fire. In fact, he calls us to the fire because he is the fire. I can't tell you how many times I said, I can't take this. I can't take this one more day. I can't move. And he's like, yes, you can. And most of you know the story of us losing our first daughter to brain cancer. Not many people know. Um, part of the story was that I, I prayed, her name was O'Neill. I prayed the exact same prayer over O'Neill. Every single night, I put her to bed every single night. I prayed the exact same prayer. I'd rock her to sleep. I prayed the exact same prayer every single night. Father, whatever I have to go through in life, just don't let anything happen to my baby girl. I can make it through anything, but I couldn't make it through that. I prayed that prayer every single night. Every single night. The same prayer. Whatever you have for me to go through, whatever trial, whatever suffering, whatever hard time, just don't let anything happen to my baby. I can't make it through that. And I can imagine the all-knowing, all-powerful God saying, yes, you can. And someone might think that's cruel. If he loves you so much, Joel, he loves you so much, why would, he, why would that be a part of your journey? Why would that be a part of your story? Why wouldn't he answer that one prayer? I mean, I mean, if I could have any prayer answered, that would have been the one. But God forges his kings through fire. I'm not saying God brought that upon me. He's the author of life. All good things come down from the Father of lights. He didn't bring that upon me. But we have a vicious enemy 
that's looking for weakness. And see, what happened is, the enemy heard my prayer too. You know, he's, he's got ears. He found my place of weakness. And I went through that trial. And the reality is that God was with me in that fire. And he walked me through every step of the way. And the thing I thought I couldn't make it through was actually the thing that forged me into who I am. You know what happens when you make it through the thing that you know you can't make it through? You realize you can make it through anything. See, there's nothing left, there's nothing left that I'm actually scared of losing. I could lose everything good in my life and I still have my God. I don't wanna lose everything good or anything good. But what I know now is I can make it through anything if God is with me. Can't flee the fire. We gotta pick up our cross. What is your cross? Your cross is whatever part of your journey you have to walk through suffering. The cross was a torture execution device. There may be times in your life where you feel like you are being tortured emotionally, mentally, financially, physically, with sickness, with loss. You may be going through right now a season of torture. God is with you in the fire. And if you'll pick up that cross and follow him, you pick up that cross, you pick up that place, your marriage could be in absolute shambles right now. You pick up that cross. Stay in the fire. Don't quit. Your business, your children, your church, Oh, people, people, a little fire at church, a little, a little, a little, a little trouble at church. Preacher says something they don't like. They find out preacher supports a politician that they don't support. I mean, any reason. People look for any reason to leave a church. It's, it's, it's one of the benefits of living in a great city or a great region like Collin County in this area is you got lots of options. If I tick you off, you got lots of options. I can give you great recommendations. I'm friends with so many great pastors in the city, some of them way better than me. I'll highly recommend a great church. But the problem is, if you keep uprooting yourself, you'll never grow. See, did you know, we have entire, entire regions of the earth that are the most incredible, beautiful, gorgeous paradises on the planet, and all of them were forged by fire. Hawaii? Forged by fire. All of the island, all of the tropics forged by fire. When you endure the fire and you keep your roots in, when you come back, the strength, the tenacity, what grows in you, what develops in you, the product of your life, God wants to turn you into a paradise of faith. He wants to turn you into something that can't be snuffed out. So my journey with fire continued. We finished um, construction of our house. We had a big shed to tear down. We had all these trees that were knocked down and I got to do something really awesome. I, I got to, 
I got to actually work with the fire department and And the Trenton Fire, we, I donate to the Trenton Fire Department now. They, they came to our house and, 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 and they helped me do what's called a controlled burn. It's really big. I'm talking the pile was bigger than the stage. It was really big. And, 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 and this, the fire chief came out and we put up little shade cover for him and little coolers, you know, with Gatorade and water and whatnot in it, and then lawn chairs. We're like, man, this is nice. Well, nobody ever does this for our man. These good old country boys out there, man, and they're dead, man, all over. Gas, diesel, not gasoline, diesel, diesel, not gasoline. I learned that lesson already. I mean, the diesel everywhere, and man, they let me get this little thing out, and ah, oh. <laughs> right? And I got to burn that whole thing down. And it burned for days, and, 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 and the fire guys were sitting there, and they were chilling out, relaxing, and, and the fire, the wind, you know, the wind blows the fire, and, and all of a sudden, the fire was like 50 foot away. And I'm like, hey, guys, uh, that's supposed to be over there? They're like, oh, please, <laughs> let's go. And, and then, they let me, then they let me use the hose. Oh, man, all I wanted to be as a kid was a fire. I got to use the hose, the big old powerful thing. That was awesome. Hebrews 12, 26. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens, the world. The words once more indicated the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. For our God is consuming fire. My question for you today is, will you burn for him? I'm not just talking about enduring suffering. I'm not just talking about enduring the hard times. I'm talking about will you, will you burn for him? Will, will you burn with passion for him? See, the fire, the size of the fire in your life can be lots of different sizes. This is called a weed dragon. This one's just for weeds. Or lighting fires. It's really fun. If you're gonna burn for him, why would you choose this? That's enough now. I made my point. <laughs> Come on. Will you burn for him? See, there was a, a great scholar named John Wesley. Started the Wesleyan movement. He actually started the Methodist movements. The Methodist church at one point in time was the most powerful, charismatic, spirit-filled church on the planet. Miracles, healings, prophecy, incredible works of the Holy Spirit. John Wesley said this, light yourself on fire with passion, and people will come from miles to watch you burn. What if instead of running from the fire, trying to escape the fire, what if we embrace the fire 
the fire of God in our lives and became the fire. It drew people to Christ. What if we live with such incredible passion instead of trying to work ourselves into a place of comfort, work ourselves into a place where, where it's feel good all the time and what if we were willing to stand in the fire and become the fire and burn bright? Scripture says that he makes his servants flames of fire. Will you burn for him? See, the priests were instructed. One of the number one things that the high priest had to do, the team of priests had to do, was they had to keep the fire burning in the temple at all times. The fire was never to go out. How's your fire? How's your fire? Is it little? Is it struggling? This guy can, takes me a whole bunch of times to finally get it to work. How's your fire? How's your fire? You're the priest. Your job is to tend the fire. Paul said to Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God that is in you by the laying on of my hands. Stir up the gift, another translation. Stir up the gift, fan the flame. It's the Greek phrase, anazopereo. Anazopereo, ano means up. Zo means living, pur means fire. Provoke the living fire inside of you by the laying on of my hands. Stir up the gift, fan the flame. Guys, it's not time, it's not time, it's not time for us to just flicker. It's time for us to burn. It's time for us to blaze. It's time for us to fan the flame. In this dark era, in this dark time, in the world's history, this dark era in the world's history, the people of God can burn. Set yourself ablaze with passion and people will come from all over to watch you burn. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Your job daily is to tend your fire, to tend your flame, to create an atmosphere of worship, an atmosphere of praise, an atmosphere of prophecy, an atmosphere of declaration, an atmosphere of mercy in ministry to other people, an atmosphere where you welcome people into your world and you share the words of life with them. It's time for us as the church to burn. It's time for us to be drawing people, drawing people, drawing people, drawing people. But if we can't keep our own fire lit, if we, if we ourselves aren't burning bright, what's the attraction? If we're just smoldering, just smoking, what's the attraction? Willing to burn. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. Our worship team's gonna come and we're just gonna sing a little bit more. And our prayer team's gonna come down front and if you need prayer for anything, you might be in the fire right now. You might be going through it in your marriage. You might be going through it in, 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 at work or in business or with one of your kids or uh, dealing with something. You may be in the middle of the fire right now. You want someone to pray and agree with you, we're here to pray and agree with you. The Bible says one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000 to flight. That's a mass multiplication. That's the picture that we saw. Saul has killed his thousands and 
David is tens of thousands. When the Holy Spirit, the anointing is present and there's unity, it's a mass multiplier. You need a miracle in your life. You need healing in your life. You need restoration in your life. Come pray. You need to rekindle your fire. You need the Holy Spirit to be awoken in your life. Come pray. But we're just going to worship right now. I'm going to pray for you. Would you just stand to your feet with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you that you would do a miraculous work in the hearts and minds of your people. Father, draw us into a place where we're willing, we're willing to burn, Father. Draw us to a place where we'll embrace the fire, we'll embrace the season, we'll embrace the tough times, Father, knowing that you're forging in us a faith that's worth more than gold. Father, do a work in us. Light us on fire. Purify us with your fire. Release your passion upon us, Father, and draw us into your kingdom. Father, let us be examples of love and life and light in Jesus' name. Father, let us be examples of those that would share your love and share your passion and your, your kindness with, and your goodness with people all around us, Father, drawing people to your light. Father, we give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Our prayer team is going to be available if you want prayer as we worship this one last song. Go ahead and come on down. God bless you. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.